Welcome back to DQB Does Drafted Quarters Podcast Network Movie Review Show, where we won't spy on you through our rear window. With me this evening is my co-host, Russell. I don't have a voyeurism kink. Uh, we also have Dave. Well, hi there, Shane. It's me, Jimmy Stewart. <sighs> Got you again. It's Dave. Thank God. <laughs> I don't have a voyeurism kink. That's nice. Uh, we are continuing April Hitchcock with Rear Window, 1954, rated PG. Hey, this one's rated. Uh, an hour and 52 minutes. Pretty long for a Hitchcock movie. Yeah, this one was much longer. Um, pretty simple. A lot happens in this movie, but it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Stewart plays uh, uh, LBJ. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought it was Jeff Jeffries. <laughs> no, it's Jeff. They just call him Jeff. His, his, he's LB Jeffries. Yeah, he's not Jeff Jeffries. No. Because everybody just calls him Jeff. Um, And he's got a smoke show of a girlfriend who he's not sure if he wants to marry or not because she's a socialite and he's like an investigative reporter. And he doesn't think that she'll want to go on the adventures with him. Um, adventures so, yeah so the last last picture that he took that maybe won him awards I don't know uh, was a accident on a racetrack and he was injured uh, so he's been laid up in his apartment for six weeks he's got one more week left until he gets his cast off and he can be mobile again so he's just been sitting in his apartment spying on all his neighbors out his back window like the whole day he has a huge or he doesn't have a huge window like he's got regular windows one of the people across the street has huge windows like the apartment from fucking rope yeah um it might be the apartment from rope uh (laughs) it's got a piano and everything um true it's not set up the same but the window looks extremely similar Fun fact. All working apartments. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought the whole thing was a soundstage. It is. Oh, it is. Okay. I'll save that. Sorry. <laughs> that was just exciting. Uh, but there's a bunch of apartments that he can see into from his rear window. Um, That's why they called it. Yeah. Um, she even says it at one point. And uh, she's like, I like this movie, Rear Window. He's just spying on everyone. And uh, he gets the inkling that something bad is happening in one of the apartments. Um, He thinks that he is witnessing the cover up of a murder as uh, a salesman's wife suddenly is gone and uh, the husband starts acting strangely. Um,. He has a detective friend that he calls in. He doesn't believe it, but he's still doing some legwork trying to figure it out. And everything points to that the lady's still alive, that she just moved away to some family. But they keep digging, and he gets his girlfriend into it, and she's like, oh, shit, this is exciting. Uh, 
and he's happy that she's into it because now they have something in common and uh they keep being nosy and they keep watching and eventually uh she ends up going into the apartment breaks into the apartment breaks into the apartment uh which he asked her not to do because it's too dangerous because they like, were investigating the bushes yeah and uh the guy comes back catches her but she steals some evidence that he had uh that he had killed his wife the cops show up while he's like about to kill uh what's her fucking name um uh, Lisa Lisa Grace Kelly um the cops show up because he had called the cops the cops show up and they arrest her and the uh Russell's over here mouthing stuff um I keep singing the Grace Kelly song every time we say her name oh <laughs> um Grace so, Kelly Uh, as a visual joke (laughs) anyway um, so she gets arrested the guy the salesman sees uh, Jeff staring at him Jeff Jeffries oh stop (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Jimmy Stewart staring at him from the window so then he comes across the street and jimmy can't fucking run because he's in a wheelchair in a wheelchair uh and he holds him off with a flash bulb and then the salesman's gonna like dump him out the window the cops come back uh and save his life but he falls out the window and breaks his other leg breaks his other leg (laughs) um the guy re-breaks the other one yeah probably the guy did kill his wife uh and they f- they find f- they figure it out and they were right Boom. and she stays with him and he's happy about it the end the end this is actually i i really like this one too i do too this one's really good um i think it has less kind of bad acting in it than the other ones did yeah um so I think all the acting is really good. All the tension is really good. The tension's really, really good. Yeah. I really like this, the whole, like the whole aesthetic of the thing. It's yes. just, it's shot really cool. The neighborhood feels like a neighborhood. Yeah. And like each like little, like they're almost like side characters. They don't really get dialogue, but each like yeah. apartment is their own little. Right. They have their own little stories. Yeah. 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 Like the, uh, Miss Lonely Heart or whatever they were calling her. Yeah. She ends up like she ends up almost committing suicide and then ends up hearing the songwriter playing his song yeah. and she doesn't. And then they end up together at the end. And that was super sweet. And that was a brilliant fucking way to add so much more tension. Yeah. To like a scene that already had enough tension. Right. Because when uh, Lisa Grace Kelly. Yeah. When Grace Kelly is like sneaking into the other apartment, that's when he's noticing 
that she's, she's like might maybe uh, gonna kill herself and i was like oh my god he's gonna have to pick yeah <laughs> yeah 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 no the whole thing's crazy it's, it's really, really good, good. Yeah. yeah sorry go for it it's real good i'm just saying we said the same thing yeah it's we, fine. Did. we did yeah it's because we're the same dude i love uh beat you off <laughs> I... please do <laughs> i mean no i'll beat you off you guys, this is wrong show. You got to beat each other off on camera. Uh, on our OnlyFans. Put it on our OnlyFans. Beat you off, both off at the same time. <laughs> Just gonna. Anyway. <laughs> you think you're quoting it a lot now? Wait till the whole movie is fucking quotable. Wait yeah. till we watch it. Um, Hi, Ken. So I super love Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly's relationship in this movie. Mm. Uh, because Jimmy Stewart, and it's so, it's like subtle, like it's there and you know it's there and you'll pick up on it, but like there's, there's some subtleties going on. Uh, cause they don't, I don't feel like they're like beating you over the head with it cause they never, they, they have a conversation surrounding their relationship that is very interesting. Um, but aside from that, like it's all like little comments and stuff like that, like, like a relationship typically is. Mm. And so they, uh. Because Jimmy Stewart is very clearly, like, not sure about getting married. And why the fuck you wouldn't be sure about marrying Grace Kelly, I don't know. But No. Uh, no, he dumb. Yeah, he's very unsure about, you know, continuing his relationship with her and, like, um, them getting married. And then that's, like, a theme played throughout the whole movie because he, he like, sees these other people in their relationships. So specifically two of them, he sees where the husband ends up murdering the wife. Yeah. Like he sees their relationship and then he sees the new newlywed couple that shows up and you don't see them. They're in one scene and then you don't see them again until he lifts the blind to have a cigarette. And she's like, yell and the, the wife, the newlywed wife is like yelling for him. Yeah. And he's like clearly annoyed. Yep. And that's what Jimmy Stewart picks up on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. he, he's like, you know, cause he's, he's just, they talk a couple times through, throughout the movie about wives being naggy and like stuff like that. And, uh, so I thought that that was a very interesting layer to add to the movie. Um, to just give like the characters like some real depth. Even those weird people that are sleeping outside all the time. Yeah, you see, you see them too, and they're like, and it's I don't hot know out. Yeah, I well, I was also wondering if maybe they have like the smallest apartment there because they only have two windows, so it, it it looks like they only have a living room and a kitchen. Yeah. So then that's why they sleep on sleep outside. Like escape, I guess. Yeah, they just have like a mattress that they keep in a closet. Yeah. Take it out and put it on the fire escape every night. I couldn't Ugh. do that. No Fuck thanks. That. What do you do in the winter? Sleep on your living room floor. That's what you do. Yeah. Yep. And then the other relationship, he talks about that. He he's like constantly googly eyes the girl across the way that's like dancing naked. Miss Torso. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like dancing, you know, mostly nude throughout most of the movie, and then near the end, her husband shows up. <laughs> yeah, who's like a little short guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First thing he's like, I'm hungry. Why do you have to eat? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that's what he like, sounds like. She's like made out with a dude, like. <laughs> well, that guy like forced himself on her, kind of. Yeah. And he was like old. Yeah. Because she's obviously a dancer. 
she like two of the guys that were there that night i think were other dancers and then that guy was i'm imagining was probably a producer yeah and like he was like yeah give me some sugar and maybe you'll get into my show yeah and grace kelly's character talks about like because she's like doing like a narrative piece over that whole scene that's happening and yep. she has a lot of interesting dialogue there yeah uh, they kind of have like a little bit of a back and forth like because jimmy stewart's kind of like oh you know what a look she's got a, her choice of men you yeah. probably do too and grace kelly's basically like that's ah, not really how it works like yeah trying to explain it to him and like terms that women had to deal with at the time i mean still do to a degree but yeah um so like there's a, I don't there's just so much fucking depth. I will say I do think the movie is too long. Um Yeah, it does kind of drag at a couple points. It does yeah. drag a little bit. There there's a little like I'm not really sure what I would cut. I'd have to watch it again probably, but it just it did it, it felt I had to pause it at about the 1 hour mark and I was like I still have an hour left. What? Yeah. I thought you were going to keep going. I mean, I can. Go for it. But, uh, so yeah, I thought I thought the relationship between Grace, Grace Kelly and Jimmy Stewart was super interesting. Um, especially when they come back around and they have the actual conversation about it. And, like, she gets frustrated and she's like, she's like, she leaves. Yeah. And then he's like, well, wait, we don't have to... He's basically saying, hey, wait, we don't have to break up, like, right now. Yeah. And He just wants a casual relationship with her because she's hot. Yeah. and Because she's so Grace then, Kelly. Yeah. So then she's just, like, she, like, says a couple things. Then she's like, I'll, at least until tomorrow night. <laughs> and then I laughed. Yeah. But, and, and I also like the subtleties of what they're talking about because he's, like, going overseas to it, this was another thing I thought was super interesting was because in that conversation he's talking about like he's basically going to go overseas and like she's been pampered her whole life yeah and, like has never like lived in the dirt and like that's part of his job and what he's going to do and yeah she does want to go she either wants him to stay or she wants to go with him and he's basically like you can't go you're like a pampered ballerina and then later on in the film, she's like, I can handle danger. <laughs> yeah. And she packs that suitcase real well. Jesus yeah. Christ. That was, I was amused by that. Here's my designer suitcase that's entirely too small, and all it has in it is a fucking nightgown and slippers. That's all you need. I also like the social commentary of, like, landlords being too up in their tenants' business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to let my landlord know. German yeah. store. Yeah, it's not as regulated as it used to be, but landlords are still like that. They're like, you can't. You can only have this many people over, and you can only have someone over for three days in a row. And yeah. Like, all this stuff. But it, it, I mean, it used to be much worse, even when I, like, first got out on my own as an adult. Like, landlords were fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, I had one call me and was like, hey, I've seen this car at your house for like four days and i was like yeah it's my girlfriend and she was like well she doesn't like live there does she and i was like no she doesn't live here she's just over here every day yeah and yeah i was it was super weird and i hadn't ever experienced that because i was like 
20. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what? Fuck off, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Not the answer to you. I give you money every month so I can live here and do my own thing. What is this? Yeah. Fuck I you. I quickly learned having a landlord is not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tell me about it. Oh, Russell Shane's landlord. I, that was weird. <laughs> I don't know if you were talking about me or your previous experience with landlords. <laughs> no, that too. Mostly that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I just I see opportunities to make a dig. I, I take yeah, it. No, okay, he digs. He, he even digs. if it's even if it's complete bullshit. Man, I was born six feet under. I got it. I can handle it. What the fuck? I don't know. It sounded like something James Hetfield would say. Oh my god. <laughs> He'd say that too. Probably now. <laughs> He'd try to put some shun at the end so he can rhyme it with shun in the next line. <laughs> I saw him and Jack Black on stage together. That was fun. Have you guys listened to any of the new songs? Uh, oh the newest. My god. They did a single. You talking about Death Magnetic? No. <laughs> There's like <laughs> that first single uh, I listened to. Uh, Luxy Turn On. Yeah. There's like three more. Oh, is there? Yeah. Well, it's that one. <sighs> anyway, uh, this isn't the Metallica podcast. Thank God. Jimmy Stewart would love Metallica. Mm. Jimmy Stewart. Love that James Hetfield. It's kind of Baney. It's kind of Baney. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Dude, Jimmy Stewart totally should have played Bane in the, like, fucking 1950s Batman. I was born in the windows. 60s. Molded by him. <laughs> yes, Alfred, I'll be in another one of your movies. That's me, Jimmy Stewart. I do this the whole time. So, this please don't. So we accidentally did this, and I thought it was interesting. We watched uh, Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, Grace Kelly. And the next movie does not have Jimmy Stewart, but does have Grace Kelly. Oh, shit. It's got, uh, was it Cary Grant? Is that who's yeah. in? No. Cary Grant. Mm. Oh, did you, Tarantino said, uh, suggested that Tom watch uh, Suspicion. Suspicion, yes. Which also has Cary Grant in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's another Hitchcock. Yeah. but I've not seen very it, many Hitchcock movies, it's to be older. honest. It looks yeah. not great as far as how it looks yeah i thought i had seen this but yeah in all actuality i've just seen so many variations of this that i I had seen it right yeah this is like the original though you see like the christopher reeves one maybe so yeah i was just i had that pulled up because i went to amazon and i almost like watched the wrong one yeah i was like christopher reeves is in this yeah that's fucking weird he's in a wheelchair that's foreboding Oh, this is 98. <laughs> yeah. Not the right one. Yeah. So he did this after his accident. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, 1998, Christopher Reeves played... Uh, that doesn't say his name for some reason. Jeffries, I'm assuming. Jeff uh, Jeffries. <sighs> uh, Sorry. L.B. Jeffries. And... Daryl Hannah played the female lead, and Robert Forster played the detective. 
Hmm. Oh, Robert Forrester. Yeah, I actually kind of want to watch this because I don't think I've ever seen this. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that either. I might check that one out. But it's a, it says modern remake of Rear Window in which the lead character is paralyzed and lives in a high-tech home filled with assistive technology. It was made for TV, though, so it's probably bad. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this movie's great. It's good. Yeah. Like like Russell said, it, I think the problems with it is that it drags a little bit. Um, other than that, I don't know, really. I mean, it kind of looks like a play because the set is, like, very large and isn't, like, you know, 100% there. Yeah. You know? Um. And it's not just like one apartment like rope, so it, the scale was a little bit weird and off. Some of the shots looked kind of weird, but I mean, other than that, I think this movie is fucking great. Agreed. I I agree that the set design was weird, but I really liked it. Yeah, Same. I, I really don't do dislike it. It just doesn't, you know, look like a a real thing. Yeah. You know. So, but it feels real. Yeah, it was weird to me because like they kept looking across at everything and then when uh uh Lisa and the nurse go across they like have to like go down and then back up and ac- over like a wall and stuff that you never saw before. Yeah. And I was just like, "What the fuck is that shit?" Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, the uh, it almost looked like a Call of Duty map, and I think it would be cool. <laughs> Call of Duty did it. <laughs> Season three starts today. Did a fucking Hitchcock map. <laughs> yeah. Rope. It's just like one apartment, like three rooms. Yeah. Ten v ten. Smallest map ever. Ten v ten. God damn! I played Call of Duty recently. Yeah, yeah. I played with you. Yeah, you did. We played. It's fun. Oh, then I don't have internet now, so I can't play. Oh, fuck. you were like at work. Yeah, probably. Yeah, or asleep for work. I was house sitting, so I had internet. Mm. So I'm like Shane, I want to play this newfangled Call of Duty, and he played with me. Yeah, and we were bad at it. I was bad at it. I killed the most people I've ever killed in a game, in a in a DMZ game with him. Oh, really? I killed like 112 or something like that. And I just Jesus. got one under that. 103 or something under that. <laughs> it, was one, it was 121 because I think you got like 18 Dude, or something like that. Dave, it's okay. The learning curve on Call of Duty is real. I like, noticed. Jesus. Yeah. I yeah. played with some other buddies. We played, uh, it was like four people shooty resurgence that's what it's called yeah you played battle royal stuff played that and i'm like this is i'm bad at this guys yeah <laughs> just die immediately yep i would die immediately in that i don't fucking i think i killed like three guys no oh, nice good yeah. job but rear window oh is that what we were talking yeah. about <laughs> uh do we want to go down to the corner <laughs> i'd go to the corner if you want to I would look at the corner through a window. Yeah, let's see if we can catch that uh, freight truck. See what the name of that freight truck was. Yeah. I'll run down there. All right. Chain's running. 
We're running on down to the corner because this is Dave's Trivia Corner. Uh, so out of breath. <laughs> I just, I can't run. It's Dave's Trivia Corner. <sighs> oh, I'm out of shape. Shane's fake out of shape made me feel like I'm out of breath. <laughs> I'm not fake out of shape. <laughs> fake out of breath. <laughs> All right. Dave's Trivia Corner. Yeah. Well, the point. Go ahead. Point of this corner is for you to say. Oh, neat. Ooh, neat. The film negative was damaged considerably as a result of color dye fading as early as the 1960s. Nearly all of the yellow image dyes had faded. Despite fears that the film had been uh, irreversibly damaged, preservation experts were able to restore the film nearly to its original coloration nice yeah that's pretty neat thought that was interesting according to uh georgine darcy the man and woman on the fire escape struggling to get out of the rain was based on a prank by sir alfred hitchcock uh, each actor and actress in the apartment complex facing Jeff's rear window wore an earpiece through which they could receive Hitchcock's directions. Hitchcock told the man to pull the mattress in one direction and told the woman to pull the in the opposite direction. Unaware that they had received conflicting directions, the couple began to fight and struggle to get the mattress inside once the crew began filming. The resulting mayhem in which one of the couples is tossed inside the window with the mattress provided humor and a sense of authenticity which Hitchcock liked. He was so pleased with the result that he did not order another take. Directors are always such shitheads. Yep. Yeah, they are. I think Hitchcock was more of a shithead. Hitchcock. Kubrick. 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 <laughs> uh, scene. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Strong kind of shithead. Fuck uh, who? <laughs> Weinstein. Oh, he's not a director, though. Can't direct anything. Weinstein? So just a producer. That's it? Oh, yeah. bitch. Fuck him. Moving on. The entire movie was shot on one set, which required months of planning and construction. The apartment courtyard set measured 90 feet, 98 feet wide, 180 feet long, and 40 feet high, and consisted of 31 apartments, eight of which were completely furnished. Uh, the courtyard was set 20 to 30 feet below stage level, and some of the buildings were the equivalent of five or six stories high. This movie was shot quickly on the heels of Dial M for Murder from 1954, uh, November 27, 1953 to January 13, 1954. That is fairly quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while shooting, Sir Alfred Hitchcock worked only in Jeff's apartment. The actors and actresses in other apartments wore flesh-colored earpieces so that he could radio his directions to them. That's neat. I like that. Isn't that neat? That is neat. But he also had a cameo in the musical guy's apartment. Oh, he did. He wasn't there, yeah. So he wasn't there all the time. Uh, by most accounts, everyone was crazy about Grace Kelly. Uh, according Surprise. to Jane... Surprise, right? According to James Stewart, everybody just sat around and waited for her to come in the morning so we could just look at her. She was kind to everybody, so considerate, just great, and so beautiful. Stewart also praised her instinctive acting ability and her 
complete understanding of the way motion picture acting is carried out. Yeah. She was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine everyone's like, oh man, Grace Kelly. Jimmy Stewart like wasn't going to do this movie, and then Hitchcock was like, I got Grace Kelly. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Hitchcock. <laughs> now I can't undo Bane. Yep. Uh, uh, in Cornell Woolrich's short story on which this movie was based, it is not revealed until the last line the hero has a broken leg. What the fuck? Yeah, isn't that wild? So you don't know, like, why? Why he's not helping? Yeah, that's fucking weird. Uh, let's do a few more. Yeah. Uh, Sir Alfred Hitchcock gave uh, Jordan Darcy free range to choreograph her own dance moves for her character, Miss Torso. Uh, Darcy was to dance on her own volition during filming. Hitchcock's only restriction was that he forbade her to take professional dancing lessons as he wanted her to maintain the imprecision of an amateur dancer. Hmm. Okay. That's neat. Uh, during the month-long shoot, uh, Georgine, I think it's Georgine, Darcy, Miss Torso, lived in her apartment all day, relaxing between takes as if it really was home. Huh. It's also neat. Yeah, and then neat? Um, all the apartments in Thorwald's building had electricity and running water and could be lived in. That's neat. Yeah, isn't that wild? It's a sound yeah, stage. that's crazy. You're getting so many fucking neats today, bud. Fuck yeah, I'm getting all the neats. Uh, despite uh, big box office uh, success and four Oscar nominations, the film failed to score a Best Picture Oscar nomination, an acting nomination, or, most surprisingly, a nomination for the fantastic set design. Uh, the film earned Oscar nominations for Best Director, Alfred Hitchcock, Best Writing, Screenplay, uh, John Michael Hayes, uh, best Cinematography, Color, uh, Robert Burks, and Best Sound Recording, uh, Lauren L. Ryder. Grace Kelly, who won the Oscar for Best Actress for The Country Girl the same year, uh, 1954, won both the New York Film Critics Circle and the National Board of Reviews that year for three films, The Country Girl, Rear Window, and Dial M for Murder. Jesus Christ. Damn. Yeah. Everybody loved her. Yeah. She seems great. She's phenomenal. Um, you guys can do one more? Sure. Yeah. Uh, as originally scripted, Jeff speaking to his editor on the telephone was to take place in the editor's office. In fact, Sir Alfred Hitchcock filmed the scene with James Stewart and Gig Young meeting outside of Jeff's iconic apartment. Ultimately, Hitchcock decided that the departure from the apartment would be too great of a distraction, and he used the audio from the completed scene for the telephone conversation in the final cut. Crazy. Probably a solid plan. Yeah, it makes way more sense. Yeah. yeah. But that's all I had for Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner. Ooh, neat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy. Fucking it all up. Wow. Wow. All right, let's rate this one. Let's rate this motherfucker. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, I think it's really good. It does drag a little bit, but that's really the only complaint that I have. Um, it's not the most amazing movie in the world. 
Like it's all just like super solid. Yeah. And good. And it's got, you know, a little bit of pacing issue, but not terrible. Um, and it's not like that long either. So it's fine. So I'm going to give it a nine. Russell. Uh, I was wrong earlier. Grace Kelly is not in North by Northwest. Wow. Liar. You said dial in for murder. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I got confused earlier. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, yeah, my primary issue with the movie is, is pacing, um, which I'm usually a pretty big stickler for. I hate like checking the time or like pausing it and being like, Oh, it doesn't feel like I should have this much left. Um, so that, I mean, that's going to drop it down a little bit. Uh, just because c- I feel like the movie could have been paced better. Uh, but however, the tension building in this movie is phenomenal. So I'm kind of torn on my own opinion. A little cognitive dissonance going on, I guess. Um, so I super love the tension building. I love, I I love so much about this movie. Like all the little intricacies between the characters. Like how much you get to learn. How much you get to know. Like all the other characters in the apart the other apartments without them really having any dialogue or like at least not a lot and yeah you just get slices of life yeah it's so like it's super interesting and then to go back and watch this after seeing all the things that have like kind of ripped this off or like been inspired by it um is super interesting too because like the first thing that came to mind was the uh the Simpsons episode where Bart breaks his leg and he talk and he thinks Ned Flanders kill <laughs> killed his wife. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um and that was the first thing that came to mind and then I thought about Disturbia with fucking Shia LaBeouf and there's like a couple other things and a couple other movies that have done this. Uh that uh but um but yeah, I, I think overall I'm gonna give the movie an eight and a half. Um, because I feel I feel like overall it's a really solid movie, and it's not really hard. It wasn't hard for me to watch. Like, yeah, neither none of these Hitchcock movies have been hard to watch. Like sometimes you go back to like these older films, and they're like they're just just mm. kind of hard to watch. Right. I completely that, agree. Yeah, either the acting at the time or like the storytelling or whatever. But I really, really feel just... like don't fit our filmmaking sensibilities now. Like, yeah, we need action. We need to get drawn in, in the first five minutes, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so I think it's, so like Hitchcock really was just like a master of his craft. Like, and I really like, like I already knew he was inspirational, like to pretty much all of film ever. But, like, going back and, like, seeing it, I'm super happy that we did this. Like, super happy about it. Um, Same. So, so yeah, but I, gi- I give this movie a eight and a half. Dave? I think I'm also going to give it an eight and a half. I really enjoy this movie. This is my, actually my second time watching it, and I still, li- I still liked it. Uh, I really like the set. The set's super cool. Acting's great. It's it's Jimmy Stewart. You gotta yeah. love Jimmy Stewart. Sorry, Jimmy Stewart. I love it. Jimmy Stewart. Come to my apartment, Grace Kelly. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, eight and a half. 
Really enjoyed it. Um, Hitchcock is like one of the best to do suspense. Yeah. So obviously the suspense, suspense is going to be great. Suspenseful. Suspenseful. Yes. Suspenseful. Yep. Eight and a half. All right. Two eight and a half and a nine for rear window. What do you got? Uh, so since I was wrong, I was going to do this next week, but since Grace Kelly's not in the next film, it doesn't really make sense. Uh, I wanted to sort of talk about her death for a minute. Okay. Oh. Um, do you guys know how she died? No. Okay. Mm. Um, so it's actually super interesting. Uh, so Grace Kelly ended up marrying a prince from Morocco. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. So um, I won't get into the conspiracy stuff, but there is some conspiracy stuff. Sure. And if you got, you know, listeners, you guys, whoever, you guys will look it up, go for it. Uh, as far as I read earlier, there's no like proof. So to me, it's still just a conspiracy. And, you know, we're not like a right wing podcast. Uh, whoa, so whoa, whoa. September 30. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I should have said this isn't the Joe Rogan experience. My bad. Um, but <laughs> you, lo- you love that fella. <laughs> I don't hate him. I'm just making fun of stuff. Um, all right, so on September 13th, 1982, Grace Kelly and her daughter, Princess Stephanie, were in a car crash due largely to a series of misleading communi- communiques from the Monaco Palace. The hospital's chief surgeon would call them garbage in the New York Times. Uh, the public was misled about both the nature of the crash and the severity of Princess's, Princess Grace's injuries. The confusion at the time has led to an ongoing sense that the public wasn't given the whole story. Uh, Princess Grace was driving with her daughter to the train station. Um, According to an excerpt from Jeffrey Robinson's uh, Rainier and Grace, uh, Rainier was who she was married to. Um, An intimate portrait published in the Chicago Tribune, the pair had train tickets to Paris, where 17-year-old Stephanie was slated to start school. Grace's chauffeur brought out the princess's 11-year-old rover and offered to drive but grace insisted that she could do so as they couldn't fit three people in the car with the luggage about two miles outside of Turby, grace missed a particularly sharp turn sending the car over a 120 foot slope stephanie's sister caroline relayed to robinson what stephanie told her had ha- <clears throat> told her what had happened in the car stephanie told me mommy Mommy kept saying, I can't stop. The brakes don't work. I can't stop. She said that Mommy was in a complete panic. Stephanie grabbed the handbrake. She told me right after the accident. I pulled on the handbrake, but it wouldn't stop. I tried, but I just couldn't stop the car. Grace and Stephanie were both rushed to the hospital. Stephanie was released from the hospital the next day with only minor injuries. Holy shit. After falling 120 feet. Oh, my Uh, God. Grace, however, suffered a second hemorrhage, likely caused by the accident, and never regained consciousness, according to Robinson. She died at the age of 52. It's thought that the crash was caused by Princess Grace having a hemorrhage. Um, Stephanie revealed in an interview that Grace had been having a headache and seemed to black out for a moment. Then the car started to swerve before going full speed ahead over the cliff. Days later, doctors would confirm that they had found evidence of Grace having a cerebral vascular incident. Uh, which, that is what we now call a stroke, I believe. 
Uh, Dr. Jean Chatlin, chief surgeon at the hospital where she was treated, described the condition to the Times. It was an incident which, if it occurred at home, well, she might have sat down and perhaps felt better soon. He said it could have been relatively benign, but you can't say for sure. It's conjecture. In other circumstances, of course, things could have evolved in a different manner. It's thought that Grace either confused the brake with the accelerator or didn't have the use of her legs. At first, there was incorrect speculation that it was Stephanie, not Grace, who was driving. This was thanks to interviews given by the man who first found the scene of the crash. <clears throat> he noted that he pulled Stephanie out of the driver's side. As Stephanie has since clarified, this wasn't because she was seated there. The passenger door was completely smashed in, she said, per the Guardian. I got out on the accessible side, the driver's. There were also false reports that Princess Grace would recover. Despite Grace's severe condition, spokesmen for the palace continued to communicate that Grace was stable, although suffering from a broken thigh, collarbone, and ribs. It wasn't just the public that was misinformed. I was led to believe she was out of danger, Grace's brother, John Kelly, told reporters in Philadelphia per the Times. The communiques were administrative ones, not medical bulletins. A doctor at the hospital told the Times... He and Dr. Chatlin insisted that the palace's incorrect messaging lead to suspicions that Stephanie was at the wheel and that Grace didn't receive proper medical care. Huh. Uh. Yeah, later it, later it was confirmed that Stephanie was not driving. Um, but there are some other conspiracies, uh, not just about Stephanie driving. Um, so there's like other random stuff you can look up about it. Uh, and then Stephanie did go on to have an interesting career. Uh, she was a model and uh, an artist um, throughout her lifetime. And she, hmm. she's still alive. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, currently. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And she is still a princess of. I said Morocco earlier. Monaco. Yeah. Monaco. Monaco. Okay. To say. Hmm. That's real, real weird. Yeah, that's crazy. But interesting. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I got curious because I was like, "How did she die?" All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of DQB Does, where we talked about Rear Window and Grace Kelly. Next week we are finishing, right? Yep. Finishing uh, our April Hitchcock with North by Northwest. So go watch that. Come back. We'll talk about it next week. It'll be fun. Find us on all the social media. Searching Draft Recorders Productions. Find us on Patreon. Please donate a dollar a month. Uh, there's some stuff up there. There will be more stuff eventually. Um, more content that's exclusive on Patreon. Email us, draftyq at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for movies we should watch uh, and talk about on this show. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful time. He killed a dog last night because the dog was scratching around in the garden. You know why? Because he had something buried in that garden that the dog scented. Like an old ham bone? I don't know what pet names Thorwald had for his wife. <laughs>